intuitively, like what I find is that when I, when I have a big decision to make, I just need to go for a walks. Like I don't, I just need to create space. I just need to make sure I turn the podcast off mm-hmm. and I turn the YouTubes off. Like I turn all of the noise off and I create as much space as I can. And I don't think sometimes like part of the day might be thinking hard about the problem I got to solve or the question I got to answer. But a lot of the time it's like actually not actively thinking about it. It's just letting my mind wander. And what I find is that like we have so much knowledge sitting there just waiting to be tapped into so Mm. much wisdom just in our bodies that you just tap into it and then when you need to go and do that decision or make that thing or execute and you've processed it it just comes out it just happens and you know intuitively like i guess a lot of times i feel like people are racking their brains over decisions that are really actually very simple Mm -hmm. if you're listening to your body you just know there's like a feeling in your chest that I should be focused on that right now. Mm. That's the most important thing in my life. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to the Think Space Podcast. How are you? Crazy times out there. The premise of today's episode is actually we went to Bowen Island and got invited out to a former uh, guest place. Um, you, some of you might remember Steve Rio from episode 35 of the Think Space Podcast, one of our longest episodes and one of our most popular by far. What we actually did is Steve invited us out and said, hey, listen, let's let's have another podcast. There's so much going on in the world. Uh, technology habits are, are are running rampant with everyone being home. Uh, how, we are wor- how we are working has just completely been changed. Uh, the social tension that's just been happening uh, on a macro scale is, is incredible. Uh, whether it's Black Lives Matter or whether it's um, COVID or whether it's any of these other movements, people are polarized in their thoughts so much. He said, hey, listen, man, Let's, let's do another podcast. I said, absolutely. So we went over, to, over there to Bone Island, had an incredible conversation, and we kept a little bit short of this time. We spoke everything, time and attention. Why is that your most valuable resource? Why does this matter? So Steve is also launching a foundations program, which I'm taking part in, uh, which is all about rewiring how we work. Anyways, we went over there, we talked about the social issues, how these big conglomerates and marketing firms are shaping our thinking, what we can actually do about it, um, and how, what our most important resources are now in 2020, how do we take control of them, and how everyone's basically running backwards. So it's so easy to get caught up in dopamine hits, whether that's from food, from technology, from other people, from our environments, we're just, we're just, we just want it. And it's seriously stifling our ability to work for any elongated period of time, our ability to focus. And we are just, we're, we're, our attention is just so scattered. It's insane. We can't focus at all. And so we talked about that. What's the problem with that? Um, And how can, whether it's meditation or all these different types of things, how can we optimize through creating a new baseline um, that can allow us to create original thought Um, navigate these social issues, and navigate our own internal lives. Cool spot of health and wellness, self-development, mindfulness, big macro talk. Steve also just exited uh, exited an incredibly large company that he founded himself over the past 10 years. So Steve is in a place of transition himself. Anyways, I'm excited about this conversation. I know you guys are going to love it. It was, you know, one of my favorite. I was just so glad to be back in person doing podcasts. Check this out with Steve Rio. 
The Think Space podcast is a home for the passionately curious. We aim to dig deep and learn as much as possible by connecting the right questions with the right people. So we bring in some of the best minds in the Pacific Northwest, regardless of their industry, to extract the most value from their stories and experiences. Yes, you're going to get something from this episode, which is good. Or you could get something from every episode we release by subscribing on whichever platform you're listening on. You could find the full show notes at thinkspacepodcast.com or have the visual experience of this podcast over on YouTube. If you want to get looped into some exclusive content or private giveaways, join our mailing list. The link's in the description. Steve, <clears throat> set the scene for us. I think it would be an injustice for us to start without the scene, being, the scene being set for those that are not watching on video. Where are we? What are we doing? What's the scene? Well, we're hanging out on Bowen Island. We're the most we're incredible. living. This is you got a little taste of the uh, morning of Rio. I probably got a full mouth of blackberries. Yeah, incredible sauces, home cooked meals, and stupid hot cedar sauna in my nostrils, which I can still smell right now. Yeah, I appreciate uh, you coming over early, getting the hike in. I need I needed the exercise, so it's good. Very good, very good, very good. You yeah, are in a very interesting spot. So you, if for those that have tuned into previous episodes or new to the Now podcast, you are a person that used to spend a ton of time in the city, mm-hmm. used to split his life between Brooklyn and Bowen, and are now in this incredible sanctuary that we call Love Story Farm. Mm-hmm. Um, and are in this place now that seems like a place of transition and a place of change and but yet it seems so calm around here like it doesn't seem like you know from knowing you have our conversations you know the transition from bright web and now into nature mm-hmm. of work and everything you're doing in the psychedelic space seems like there's this avalanche of change you come you sit down you have food and you're like <laughs> nothing is changing here seems very at peace H- how have you continued to have such harmony through this selling a business and covid and transitioning your life and all of this while mm. for some reason it just seems smooth to the touch i think right now like uh it feels like one of my main priorities to focus on my level of peace mm. you know and uh whereas it used to be something i might try and figure out in between other stuff it feels like it's sort of been swapped flipped around where peace is the foundation of everything else and um quality of my life and relationships and health and mental wellness and um lifestyle and all those components like that that's primary now and then just figuring out how to balance that with all the things i'm trying to do you know in terms of nature of work and new things starting up so but but i think there's been a big flip around that over the last few years probably four or five years and then really in the last like two years a major part of that shift has happened you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's not always peaceful like we got a lot going on. We're renovating our property here. So part of the scene here is like lots of renovations and people working on stuff and me doing stuff and my wife doing things. And so some chaos around that new businesses starting up from scratch, lots of learning and thinking and spinning. But yeah, at the root of it is a lot of peace. And I think a big part of that is 
daily grounding, daily practice, you know? Um, it's funny, I talk to a lot of people about resilience these days, and I, I think for a lot of people, they feel like it's some big thing that you achieve, but but resilience and feeling peaceful is actually just little tiny actions every day, you know? Like, you know this, like little tiny repetitive things that you do every day that build resilience over time. And uh, so for me, like my meditation practice being really strong, my relationship being really strong with my wife, um, sleep, self-care, healthy food, all that kind of stuff. This episode is brought to you by Self Hired. Self Hired, if you don't know, is a content studio that specializes in video production as well as photography and, yes, podcast production. So if you are an individual or you are a head of a company or a marketing manager or a content manager at a company that's thinking about one of the most powerful mediums in 2020 and want to start a podcast, uh, give the fellas over at Self Hired um, a call that you can reach them at selfhired.com. Um, or info at selfhired.com if you want to blast them an email. Thank you guys so much. And here's to the episode. In the introductory course or in, in the introductory module of Nature of Work, there's um, you talk about willpower and you mm-hmm. talk about the, the conscious, the subconscious brain and how we actually don't, um, we don't operate in our prefrontal cortex, our, mm-hmm. our conscious brain that much. And that's what, that's what actually uses up all of our, our willpower, right? And what, I forget the numbers of whatever it was, but most of our activity is our subconscious brain, our yeah. habits, et cetera, et cetera. And I'd agree with that. My, my personal way of operating has been like, hey, listen, willpower is limited supply. There's limited right. supply of willpower. And I, I, I consider myself someone to break down walls and brute force and fuck it, I'll get it done. Um, but the simple fact <clears throat> of the matter is that willpower is a limited supply every day. Mm-hmm. So how can I build the habits, the routines, the foundations so my willpower can, number one, I don't have to use willpower, but I don't have to. Like I don't need to make decisions early in the morning or need to um, figure out, am I going to meditate? Am I not going to meditate? Am I going to exercise? Am I not going to exercise? What's the, what's my routine looking mm-hmm. like? You know, where am I going to work? How am I going to work? These different types of things, which honestly, if you're anyone that works in like the knowledge economy or the digital age, and especially right now during COVID, it's like, okay, am I going to go to the co-working spot that my company paid for? Or am I going to work from home? Or am I going to go to a cafe? Okay, I go to a cafe and okay, now I'm sitting down, but then at the same time, like, okay, I got Facebook open and then I got I have messages that I didn't quite finish sending and okay, I need to send these and now I need to order a coffee and ah, it's too hot. Should I go to another cafe? And it just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. And that seems like baseline for the world now. And then when I come here to Bowen and I look at your baseline and I'm like, this is not this guy's baseline, hmm. right? Like whether it's the incredible office space and workspace you've built for yourself or just the natural habits that you have, seems like your baseline and then the baseline for the i'll say average worker and that mm. works in the knowledge economy the digital economy they're completely different and the lifestyle around that is completely different and i'm curious what has it been for you here on bowen or anywhere in the world that's made what are the specific routines practices your specific nature of work Mm. not the nature of work program but what is your nature of how you work right yeah 
And it's interesting too, like when you talk about willpower, you know, being finite as well, you're someone too who's built, you know, you can build that muscle and you can like, you can keep pushing that boundary out to how much willpower you have as well. Like, let me flip it on you. Like you, you are a very high willpower person. How do you maintain, how do you maintain that level of, of drive to get things done and and to stay focused? And then I'll answer your question, but. Well, I think spirit is a renewable energy. Yeah. And if if you have spirit, then you can always fall back on that. Mm -hmm. And I think that willpower is a fossil fuel. (laughs) It's not like, I think that if we, we just need to reframe it a little bit. So for me, I always come back to if I, if I, if I clear the fucking papers, fuck it all. And I go, okay, is there baseline motivation? Is there baseline purpose here? Which if I'm living in alignment, there will be. Mm-hmm. And then it builds it back. It just builds back up. It just builds back up. Like if I, if I sit anywhere for a day, two days, three days, my will be revving to go. Yeah. Revving to go. And that's not the game. To me, it's not the game. I can do that anytime. I can take the time away and become full. The game to me is, well, how do I become full every night? Yeah. Every morning. I want that feeling every morning. How do I live in a way and work in a way that's sustainable? Yeah. Rather than working on this boom bust cycle. Because right now, a lot of times, and even having gone through the program and whatever, still working on a boom bust cycle. Yeah. And and it doesn't seem like you're working on a boom bust cycle. Yeah. I'm definitely trying to not go there anymore because I definitely did that for a long time. Right. Like, think realizing that it's not sustainable to just drive until it, until like the wheels fall off and you need to just rebuild completely, you know, and how often I would do that. So I think in terms of my nature of work now um, and the way I think about it, I think what the program is actually all about at its root is trying to get people into a place where they are like, where you can be aware of your energy and more aware of your body and how you're feeling and your mood and things like, like the whole reason we didn't build an app, for instance, is I don't really, I think if you're spending too much time with tracking apps, then mm. you're not spending enough time listening to your body. So I think for me, what I, the big shift for me over the last couple of years has been much like a lot more listening to the body, a lot more groundedness, like meditation every morning, like that for me is, is huge. I do 30 minutes every day. And if I can't do 30 minutes, then I try to do something every day so that I don't break the cycle. Right. Um, that's been really big for me. Having a really clear morning routine uh, is just so critical for me in terms of setting priorities and being focused. And then, and then, and then really listening to my energy cycle throughout the day when I'm working. And so I'll, I'll always get a few like focus block sort of periods in the morning but then there's like this lull for me through the middle of the day that's just I'm not I don't I'm not thinking super clearly I'm sort of drifting so I'll often go outside and do something I might do something in my yard that might be when I go for a walk I'll take I do a lot of my meetings in the early afternoon and they're just phone calls and I just walk right and like I didn't used to do that I used to try and power through the afternoon with a cup of coffee try and like get it done but I've really learned that when you're pushing, anytime you're pushing like that, you're like swimming upstream against your energy. You're you're just you're you're burning a lot of calories you don't need to burn, and that's like meta, I mean metaphorically, but like well probably 
truly, physically yeah, as well. physically too. Yeah. But like, you just feel like I, I think most of the time now I'm just really trying to be in rhythm and, um, have a sense of, have a sense of groundedness. And also, um, I guess like one of the things I feel like I've learned or like that I think a lot about is that we choose the speed of our experience. Like we choose how fast life feels and we choose that by how much we, um, you know, have the fire hose of the internet coming at us all the time. When we, whenever we have spare moments, we choose that by, um, how reactive we are to our surroundings and by what we get ourselves into. So like, I'm really trying to choose activities and choose, um, lifestyle like that slows life down. Like I was thinking about an ought, like a, if you become an author, you spend a tremendous amount of time in solitude, researching, writing, like that's a slow experience of your time mm-hmm. versus if you're on the internet all day or you, you're doing something that's like kind of more frantic, then your day just goes by in a completely different way. So mm-hmm. I guess just trying to figure out like how to get into the slow lane a bit and, and like slow down enough to really enjoy my life and, and enjoy what's going on while continuing to build new things and like, I don't know, follow through on all the ideas that I've got. Yeah. Slow is, um, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. I heard that's a great line, man. It's a super great line. It's the, I think a lot of young people out there or just anyone that's building anything will feel the, feel the anxiety of, of, of not going fast enough. Well, yeah. Like at your age, it's like, like, and, and like time does feel, it feels like you're racing against the clock. And I was talking to Raiden mm-hmm. and I talked to Raiden the other day and he was so funny. Like the first thing he said to me on the call was like, yeah, you just turned 40. It feels like my life will be over when I'm 40. <laughs> 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 and I was like, dude, it just gets good yeah. at 40. It's all good. Trust me. But, but for him, what he meant, I think is like, man, it feels like life is going to go so fast and I got to chase it. Like you're kind of chasing, you know? And I felt like that for a lot of years. I always felt like I was keeping up with, I don't know who, the ghost of my own ambition. I don't know. Like, but it, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny that way how life feels like, and really feel like you're racing against the clock. If, but that's, again, it's a choice and a, and a practice to get out of that mindset. It's, it seems like a, it's like a magnetic force. Yeah. Like I have a, um, yeah. a bunch of people who are like in their thirties and forties Yeah, and they're like, I'd ask them, you know, they're successful business owner. Hey, listen, man, like when you were 20 something, what were your regrets? And the, the biggest thing is always like, man, I was racing to get to 30 Yeah, and I was racing to get rich. Yeah. And those are the two biggest mistakes ever. And I'm like, Hmm. Yet it's like all you can really think about in your 20s, I think, is like success on a material plane and in competition with whoever you've decided to make your competition. Even if it's yourself. Yeah, like, it's like, either, or it's, yeah, it's yourself, it's your friends, it's Mark Zuckerberg, it's like whatever, you, you know, whatever it is. So, and so that's one of the things that I've taken myself away from a ton in the past, I don't know, a year, two years. But 
I find myself continually moving back towards it like it's a fucking gravity. Yeah. You know, like you you pull away, you pull away a little bit, you become a little bit more tranquil, you understand, you 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 drive in the slow lane a little bit, your happiness increases, your willpower increases, your level of presence increases. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, that's great. But like, oh, I just kind of want to feel the pain, the struggle a little bit. You know, yeah. like I want to hop back in that race. And, I, and, I, and I'm not, I try to stay objective and like not say one thing is bad or one thing is good because they both feel good in different mm. ways. Mm-hmm. One is a little bit more painful, <laughs> right? Yeah. Maybe a little less renewable in its nature, but it's also like there's a thrill there. There's a thrill. Do you find yourself now with how you've created foundations for working and living thrill-seeking at all? Because I know that you have a past life as an entrepreneur that was quite frantic. Mm-hmm. And now you live a life that is not by choice. Mm. Thrill-seeking. I don't know. I don't know about thrill-seeking. No. I guess I, I feel pretty relaxed right now. So <laughs> we, just I mean, like, two we, saunas. we just double sauna it, ocean dip. Yeah. Um, so I'm feeling pretty relaxed right now like i i think wait are you saying like kind of chasing like that sort of that that part of you that just wants to kind of chase the dragon kind of thing is that what you mean by thrill seeking like the, chase the the ambition sort of beast it, or monster kind of thing is that what you're it's getting that, at but it's also the fact of like you know for instance say you're going into your previous company bright web and you're saying okay or you're going to the nature work office you say oh listen here's kind of what we're doing today yeah but it's going to be a fucking whirlwind of a day. This person's coming in this time, da, 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 and you're you're frantic in a way. Yeah. And you're juggling, you're performing, you're putting uh, out fires. It's not planned, it's not calculated, and it sure isn't fucking harmonious. Right. You're playing with fire, right? And and that's kind of what I mean by thrill seeing. You're hustling in a way that's a little bit disorganized. Yeah. I find myself taking big step backs, getting deep work done, and then being like, oh man, I just want to play with fire. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely a bit of a balance of that. I mean, one thing you learn through business is like, it doesn't matter how established or organized a business may ever look or feel, it never actually is that much so. You know, mm-hmm. like things are always chaos just under the surface. So there's every day, even with nature of work, just launching there's so much to learn for us. Um, we've I've spent three years building this program, but now I've got to learn how to do all of the marketing and sales around a program that I've never, you know, I've never no. done anything like that. So there's a lot of that feeling of hustle. I think the I think the, the the main piece is recognizing that if you're gonna like jump in the swim lane or or whatever you want to call it, like and get in the sort of hustle to maintain perspective on that on that the fact that it's just a game and always to be remembering that it's just a game like this is the material plane and it's just a game and that there's a much bigger picture here and what that means to me i guess like in real terms is enjoy it and even if it's not doesn't go the way the way you expected it enjoy it anyway mm. and like just keep learning from it because that's all we're really supposed to be doing, Mm. you know, and never to take it so seriously that you set some expectation for yourself. And and if you don't hit that milestone or hit that mark, that it feels like it was a waste or it wasn't the right thing, or you made a huge mistake or whatever. Mm. 
because it's like that's when I think you're really losing the game. Mm. So I don't think there's anything wrong with hustling as long as you're not letting your goals become so important to you that the process and the experience and the learning and the path gets kind of washed out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like the only thing that matters is your goals. I think that's the hardest thing to separate is like, because I think even my mom, sometimes she's like, all the meditation and stuff, are you, you're going to not have any ambition to do anything or you're not going to want to do anything. It's like, well, no, I have tons of stuff I want to do. Like I have a never ending list of things that I am going to do or want to do or hope to do or whatever. But it's like you don't hold any of that too tightly so that you can actually enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And so that to me is the big separation. So being in the hustle, yeah, fun sometimes. And certain days where like a big decision is going to get made and you don't know if you're going to win a bid and it could be crazy and you feel frantic and you're sweating because it's you're just nervous. And <laughs> like that's just part of life, mm. right? But you can do all that without it feeling existential and mm. without it ruining you know, how your weekend goes Mm -hmm. after that. Right. Right. I think a lot of people like look at you or look at other people in your space and be like, yeah, great. But like, I'm, I can't be like Steve. I can't go get the the house on the Island in the, in the tranquil sanctuary. Uh And, or I can't, a lot, I know a lot of people in the, that are bordering on getting in the self-development space or like, Mm. I don't want to, nor do I need to um, self-identify as this person that like will um, continuously meditate and continuously have these foundations programs and talk about it and da 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 da. I don't want to be. I don't want to gain the identity of this, but I still want the benefits of it, right? And I think there's a little bit of a misconception where it's like you don't have to go into programs because we live in the social media age, right? Mm. You don't have to go into programs and become the program, go into companies, become the company. Like one of the things I've admired about you is your fluidness. Like you just exited a massive business that you built over the 10 years. Your identity was not wrapped to that. Mm. Whether it's the psychedelic space or now with nature of work, it's a part and it's a tool. Like it seems like these things are just tools. And that's uh, it's one of the things I've picked up about you that it seemed a little bit different is you're you're taking these different skills and putting them in your toolbox versus what I see a lot of people do out there in the world is going, okay, this is this is a tool. I am now it. Or like build your whole identity around everything is what you do around that. Yeah. Right. And I think that's like pretty limiting. Well, yeah, I, like I also just it feels like um I always listen to like I've listened to lots of Ram Das talks and things like that. And Ram Das always like joked, like the goal is to become nobody like right. that. And uh, like his little, there was a, a great film that just came out about his life, but, but that was the, the title was becoming nobody. And I think um, as soon as you identify with what you're doing, then you're not identifying with like your being um, like who you are as a human being, like as a, as a, so uh, yeah. And it makes it, uh, again, it's like, it's, it's right back to just not clutching onto things so tightly and not taking them so seriously and not, as soon as you wrap your identity up in your success, then if you're not successful, you feel really bad about yourself. It's mm-hmm. over. Right. Mm-hmm. So I definitely, for me, 
I just kind of flow with where I'm inspired and where I feel purpose and what I feel excited by. And those things sometimes turn into businesses. They sometimes turn into volunteer board seats that I sit on. They sometimes turn into just a personal hobby that nobody even knows I do. There's lots of stuff I research and think about that nobody knows that's, it's just for me, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so I, I, yeah, I think it's, it's really nice to feel that freedom to try and separate from that. And also if you build a business and it's all wrapped around you and your ego and your personality, like good luck ever selling it or moving on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. Totally. Um, I wanted to ask you, because something, something I struggle with personally is, as you say these things, like, I, I go where I, I flow where I'm passionate, and I do what I, I do what I kind of, what I feel like, and I jibe and I flow, and if the energy's not there, I don't do it, and if it's not, if it's not adding to my life, I don't do it, cool, 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 but like, how the hell do you prioritize things? Like, you have a, I'm sure you have a huge list of stuff to do, whether that's with the companies, whether that's stuff going on here, how do you figure out the level of importance and what gets tackled next? Because a common thing I hear with entrepreneurs is they get caught up in um, what the most urgent thing is mm-hmm. versus what the most important thing is. And I I can regurgitate that sentence, but I find a, a very hard time to prioritize things and have a clear thinking around things based on um, importance, mm-hmm. not urgence. How do you do that? You meditate (laughs) like steve's got a common answer yeah yeah i'm gonna answer a lot of the questions the same but no honestly again when you if you have a lifestyle that you don't make any space throughout your day for grounding and for thinking and for processing so what you were saying right at the start of the podcast about the subconscious and conscious brain that we explained at the beginning of the program 95% of the information that we take in goes into our subconscious. Very little of it is in our prefrontal cortex, like in our conscious, like in our conscious experience of taking that information in. So, and our subconscious then needs to put that information together. It needs to process it into ideas, into thoughts, into things like that, right? Like we, and if we don't create any space for that, then, then basically like, it's very hard to prioritize. It's very hard to know intuitively. Like what I find is that when I, when I have a big decision to make, I just need to go for a walks. Like I don't, I just need to create space. I just need to make sure I turn the podcast off Mm -hmm. and I turn the YouTubes off. Like I turn all of the noise off and I create as much space as I can. And I don't think sometimes like part of the day might be thinking hard about the problem I got to solve or the question I got to answer. But a lot of the time it's like actually not, actively thinking about it it's just letting my mind wander and what i find is that like we have so much knowledge sitting there just waiting to be tapped into so Mm -hmm. much wisdom just in our bodies that you just tap into it and then when you need to go and do that decision or make that thing or execute and you've processed it it just comes out it just happens and you know intuitively like i guess a lot of times i feel like people are racking their brains over decisions that are really actually very simple. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to your body, you just know there's like a feeling in your chest that I should be focused on that right now. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing in my life. Mm-hmm. And then on a day-to-day level, I think it's just a bit more practical than that. It's more just like organize yourself, 
like start your day really focused, actually set out your priorities, keep track of them and like just just like like actually prioritize by by making lists and then by actually looking at that every morning instead of looking at email first thing in the morning look at your priority list first thing in the morning and say, what are the two, three things that need to happen today to move my life forward or move my project forward or move my company forward or whatever mm-hmm. to actually just do that? Like that's the very practical thing. And right. then the bigger picture is what I just talked about. It's like creating the space to to be to be internalizing and processing and getting into your body so that when you need to make those bigger decisions or know which way to flow or go or like what to get into and what not, not to get into, like what's so interesting is I've had all of these really cool opportunities come at me since my network started hearing that I was going to be exiting Brightweb. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I like, you know, I, I just would have like really interesting people arrive at kind of on my email or my doorstep kind of being, hey, Steve, do you want to get involved in this? And my ego is like, yeah, man, this is such a cool person. I can't believe they're asking me to be involved in this thing with them. Yes, I do. I want to be in all, but but ultimately, as soon as I, I had to process that and be like, no, that's not aligned with what I'm doing. And when there's some of these projects or big money projects or, you know, and that's when the decision making starts to get hard if you're stuck in your brain and you're not getting into your body. Yeah, it's so tragic because we're a population that's uh, doesn't allow the space for that or is frankly just distracted constantly. I mean, we have... Mm-hmm. There's a, I don't know, multi-billion, trillion-dollar industry of distraction mm. that's just hijacking us constantly. And and why even someone like myself who's very conscious of it still is looped up and looped up and looped up and fails to create space. And in turn, you know, I feel... We all do, man. That's super tough. Like, it's... Yeah. the. The dopamine is real, man. The yeah. dopamine is real. And I like and I can talk about this like I'm a like monk of the internet or something, <laughs> but like that's not true at all. Like we're all we're facing the most intense battle with the most addictive things ever built and they're in our pockets and like it's crazy. And then you or you're on your computer and like the amount like how easy is it to flip it to a new tab and go to your drug of choice? to distract yourself because your brain is just dying for you to do that. Mm. And like it takes training and like that's what nature of work the program is all about is about training your brain to to be able to like master your time and attention. However, it's an ongoing lifelong thing. And I and I and I have weeks and months that are fantastic and I have weeks and months that things unravel and I have to start back and rebuild, you mm-hmm. know, because these are strong strong beasts out there. Yeah, which is exactly why I'm doing the program a third time. Yeah, no, it is. It's a lifelong practice, like anything, like meditation. You don't do a a six week meditation course and then you're done meditating. No, or any anything that's going to give you true value in time. It's something that becomes a repetitive and constant part of your life. It's foundations, man. It's blueprint where it's just like, okay, well, listen, okay, I put these beams down. I poured this concrete here. This was good. This stuff over here was kind of wooden and it actually rotted and was kind of bullshit and I didn't stick with it. Okay, cool. Let's double back and then let's, let's, you know, put some sealant on it so that actually stays and then let's build on top of it from there. And it feels like every time you go back, every time you add to a practice, it's just like, okay, you put another rock there, you put another brick there. It's just like, okay. Cool, but of course, me, my little anxiety monkey brain is like, fuck, why is it not built? How yeah. is it not built? That's the crazy too, man. Like when I first moved to this property, 
I try, I, I feel like my whole mentality was I'm going to do what I now know is like a 10 year project, which I call it that, you know, all the time. Yeah. I thought I was going to be able to do all that in a year or something. And I was just, I became like a nervous wreck about thinking I was going to get all of this construction and renos and get this whole property spun up and perfect. And I was such a miserable person to be around for that for a few <laughs> months until I finally was like, I think actually my wife probably said to me like, she's like, this is not going to happen like that. Yeah. Just relax, like slow down. And I had to totally reset. And so it, it, these things come in waves where you get really in the zone and then you fall out of the zone. <laughs> But I always want to be in the zone. I always want to. I want to. Always want to. Daily be practice. There. Daily practice. Like you can be in the zone. Like I think about it like this: if you're in the zone, like twenty percent of the time as a normal person, and you get it up to fifty percent, that's like more than double the output, right? Like it's all. It's all. Um, it's all positive as long as you're focused on it. And so many people aren't focused on it at all. So it's easy. It's yeah. It's easy to be kind of like an elite level around your performance and things like that. Right. We have soft comparables, which is really interesting. Like the the general population is quite consumed. Mm. Right. And I and and also I guess I said that and then as soon as I said that I'm like, why would I ever compare myself to anybody else anyway? So <laughs> like I, that's a trap itself. So sure. But I mean I'm gonna for... call myself out on that comment. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, competitive edge is always interesting, comp uh, competing you against you. But I mean, it's really like the game has changed, right? The game has changed. We're in this spot now where technology's taken over. Everyone's working online, especially with COVID and all everything that's happening right now. It's just not safe to go outside. So our tools are everywhere. Our laptops, our phones, whatever it is. And I feel like we are working in a completely different environment. Oh, I know than we were a year ago. Mm. But five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I feel like what was needed to succeed in 2005 is quite literally, maybe not 180 different, but like 120 degrees different. Like it's just like a completely different trajectory on the tools we need to be successful. Like how does, we are such, such a dire state around these social media conglomerates or, these companies that have hijacked our brains and there's such a need for rewiring our thinking around these things but yet the general population doesn't seem to feel that way and it's i, I don't understand that do you have any thoughts on that well yeah well it's interesting what you just said in one sense is true like in the sense of that there's been a massive change but actually, in like, if you think about what's changed in terms of what is required to be successful, I think that might have been the language you used or yeah. something close to that. Yeah. Like, that hasn't changed at all. Mm. What is required to be successful is for you to be able to think deeply, to produce high quality work, to be um, a nice person to be around like to be a like to be mindful and and have good awareness about your like attitude and your mindset and your personality and your and and the way you communicate like those things have just always been the keys to success it's like can you think deeply can you get shit done and can you be a like good person like right, but it, it feels like the keys are harder to access now yeah so i think that's what's changed right. like 
what's changed is now the distractions are just cranked to like 5,000 and, and it's much harder to, to, you have to do a lot more work to cut that back and to, and to get through those distractions and to, and to create like the mental, the mental space and the, and the kind of headspace to deliver on those, like to be able to do those things now. Right. So is that what you mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And, and that, yeah. the, the, but the fundamentals of what needs to be done in terms of like working hard, producing great work, yeah. being a great person, I just feel like it's way harder to do that. <laughs> you know, like whether it's the anxiety that comes around with social or whether it's the distractions or the tools, like whatever, it's just like, it feels like the game hasn't maybe changed but now there's a hundred barriers in yeah. front of us, and I think we're at the, and I think we're at a phase around social media, and around just in general, like how a lot of the technology we use impacts our psychology, our the way our brain works, um, all those kind of aspects. I think we're at a phase there. Like, if you had to ask my parents in the '70s, why do you smoke? they would have said, well, because everybody smokes. Right. Like, that's just what you do. And, like, everyone was smoking, and 60s, 70s, like, everybody smoked. Everybody everywhere smoked. I always see photos, like, you see, you look at old photos of people on the subway in New York smoking cigarettes in a subway Mm. car. Like, and now you see in a subway car 80% of the people on their phones when they're going five minutes. You know, yeah. and I and I think we're just at the same phase of w- the research is there's tons of research out. It's very clear that these things are like rewiring our brain, um, kind of infecting our social fabric, kind of di- like actually breaking apart our social fabric, having a huge impact on our our psychology and our emotional well being, and yet we are you know, we kind of turn a blind eye to them because our, like our brain is pretty clever. It's addicted to these things. So it's sort of like, uh, I know that that's in the background somewhere, but I'm going to ignore it for a little longer. Cause mm-hmm. it's the same, honestly, it, it it's the same thing as, is, um, if you have a serious alcohol or drug problem and you know you do, but at what point are you going to just going to decide it's, well, it's now time to actually do something about it. And then you got to get over that hump, that first hump of like breaking that cycle and changing those things. The good news is that unlike smoking, unlike anything else, like it's or anything um, that you're putting in your body, it's a different type of addiction, which is good. Mm-hmm. But not to say that it's not really hard to un uh, rewire the brain in terms of how it how it's working, and um, and and it has to be like at the front of your mind as your as one of your top priorities. Like to me how people spend their time and attention, how I spend my time and attention is my number one priority. It's like your very first question or when we first started talking about peace, having a peaceful lifestyle, if that's not your primary objective, then this world is just going to run you over with unpeaceful stuff. <laughs> and if you're not- It's an unpeaceful place. Uh, yeah, like, and, yeah. And, and, if, and if your time, if you are, if, if how you spend your time and attention is not a primary concern for you, then you're kind of screwed in today's world. Because mm-hmm. like, if you don't decide that that's going to be a, a key priority for you to be front of mind, it's the same thing. It's like, if, if, if exercise is not going to be important to you, over time, you're going to 
be out of shape and get heavy, like, yeah. and or not eat well or any of these things. It just it has to be a priority. But to me, time and attention is like a our two most important resources, the two most important things we have in this life, because everything flows from our time and attention. So everything we have, everything we can do or achieve or whatever comes from how much time we we make for ourselves and what we choose to to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just doesn't get any, it, 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 that is the root of it. Simple as that. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Right? Totally. If we choose to pay attention to things that make us unhappy, we will be unhappy. If we choose to pay attention to things that waste our time, then we will waste our time. And like, so to me, it's like so fundamental that when you start focusing on that and building yourself systems to to prioritize that, building habits that that optimize for those things, everything else starts to fall into place. Right. You know what I mean? Like I have time to renovate my home and launch a business, well, two businesses, and volunteer and go for walks and not work on weekends. Yeah. I have time for that. Yeah. We all do. Yeah. But we have to make choices. It's one of the craziest things, man. Like working with you and uh, seeing the, some of the people that you work with in, in business, be like, "How the fuck?" You're like, "Man, I'm working my ass off." We were joking earlier when we were eating. We're like, "Man, just wait till you have kids, and then you really have no time." And it's like, and I feel like I have no time right now. And and uh, look, at I know you. I said that to you guys, and you're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> you're like, "Oh no, this is bad. This is bad. We're in deep waters here." And it's just like. So I think I think a lot of people look at you. A lot of people that listen to our first podcast will look at you and be like, "Well, what the fuck?" Like, this. So he's got this business, that business. He's renovating his house. He's going for walks and like, and at the same time, he's like launching a pod. And you're like, "How? Like, what? I can't even eat. Why can't I just eat? I don't have time to eat." It's all choices, though, right? right. It's all choices. And when you have kids, like, it's choices to spend time with your kids, but like. Yeah, and that and that takes up. And when I say I have, I don't have lots of empty time that I don't know what to do with. I have just, I just, and there's, I just prioritize how I spend my time and attention. Yeah, and just continually explore that. And like right now, I know for a fact that I um, want to be spending more time reading. Um, I know that like I'm not, I'm not reading, and like when I mean reading, like books and. I know that I'm not reading enough books right now. I'm reading a little bit, but not as much as I'd like to. And so right now I'm kind of thinking, how do I get that built into my day? And the only way I think those kind of things happen is you set a time, like you, like, and and this is habit research. And this is like, this is just a fact. If you set a time and like a day and a time, a specific, you put it in your calendar. It's really specific what you're going to do. Like I'm going to read for half an hour at 4.30 every day, every day, mm-hmm. you know, then it will actually happen. But if you just kind of say to yourself all the time, oh, I wish I could read more, it's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. No, yeah. it all starts, it's all baby steps and like really, and, and being very intentional and, and setting, like I say, setting a space and a time to do those things and then actually following through. And then you start following through and it starts to become muscle memory for the brain, for your body, for whatever. And then you don't have to exert willpower. very interesting you said earlier that they uh the tools the apps the whatever the tech is rewiring the fabric of our society maybe for the worse Mm -hmm. what do you mean by that i guess what i mean by that is like um 
I think we have a serious crisis of sense making in our world right now. And what I mean by that, like what that means to me is that we have these major social issues that we want to address, yet we're so confused about the the details of them, about the facts. Like it feels like the internet basically exposed us to the reality that there are thousands of different truths out there that mm. you might believe one thing to be true and I believe one thing to be true and we have equal ability to put that on the internet and declare it a fact and the internet's kind of said like actually it's much more complicated than that you know and there's competing research and all these things and so I guess like so first off what I, one of the things that the internet is doing and, and I don't mean the whole internet like I actually think the the internet in its original inception and and what was what the goal was was to create an open like a truly open and level playing field for access to information that is not what the internet is today that we access no, like sir. we access a very contrived version of that where if you go to google it has like you know millions or whatever data points on you that is controlling everything you search for what it's going to show you back so you search for the same thing as me and we get two different sets of results mm -hmm. so we are not seeing the same internet and then you go on social and we're not seeing the same internet we're seeing these basically algorithm based cycles and 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 circles of information so what ends up happening is like people are pushed into corners in terms of their viewpoints in terms of what they believe to be true data is basically all but kind of ignored and um, unfortunately what these, these, the social platforms are geared towards, like, I think we really, I think there's a huge opportunity to have social platforms that do, do good things. Like I really want the internet to continue. I'm not like, let's unplug the internet. Like that's not who I am. Right. I grew up on technology, right. but I want, but I don't, but the social platforms, the way they're geared today, they're, they're designed to make us mad, sad, um, or, or scared. Yeah. And because they make like that is the that is like the cheapest way to get our attention. The cheapest way it's like the cheapest way to um, make us eat something is to put sugar or salt on it or fat on it, right? Mm. The same thing with the like the same thing with social media. The the easiest way to make us addicted and to keep our attention is to show us things that make us sad, matter, sad, matter, scared. Mm. And so that's what the platforms that that's what they're optimized for. So therefore articles about cops killing people or articles about certain things happening like that. And then the news cycle does the same. The news media does the exact, they're in the exact same attention business. They're all in the attention business. They're all here. And so when their, when their um, goal is to keep our attention for as long as possible, that means their goal is not to show us the most accurate information or, or show information. us or show us a well-rounded dialogue about a complex issue, mm -hmm. right? Like basically, uh, I was listening to, um, uh, uh, forget who, but this, um, one of these, uh, an intellectual guy, a public intellectual guy. And he was saying he was on, he was on CNN, uh, talking about some massive issue. And they basically had like, they stopped the interview and, they said like during the, the the commercial and said listen man are you for or against this and he's like i'm not for or against this it's a super complex there's no for or against this like it was something like uh um you know uh, defund the cap police capitalism or, or, or capitalism, like defund yeah. the police or it's like yeah. 
And they're like, well, we're not going to be able to use any of this interview. You need to take a side here. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, there is no side. <laughs> like, what side? How do you take a side? Yeah, so yeah, I think yeah. that's just what, like, the that's what the internet has done to the dialogue. It's like everything's a side, nothing, and and therefore there's no actual conversation about the complexity of these issues. Mm. The defund the police thing is like a great example of that. It's really unfortunate that, like, first of all, we're not looking at the data of who is being shot by police. No one's willing to talk about that. And if somebody does talk about that, and if I say this right now, chances are someone's going to come attack me and say that I'm racist for saying anything like this. Mm -hmm. But like, if we look at who's being killed by police, and then we look at some of the underlying reasons why people are being killed by police, like there is so many issues there to unpack. And some of it is racist cops, for sure. But I don't think it's the whole issue. And I don't think that taking money away from a service that society has needed forever is going to be a good solution. So, but, but the, but I feel like the solutions get dumbed down to the level of an Instagram comment and that's it. And, mm -hmm. and therefore, and, and then they get, and then you see, and then if one person that you know says that and you like that, then the internet will just show you more of that. And then sooner or later, you just think everybody thinks the same thing. I must be right. And it cements your opinion. And like, to me, that's just total insanity. And then you don't have an opinion. Your opinion's just been reinforced by another. Well, your opinion is somebody them. else's opinion. Yeah, yeah you, you, have, you actually have an opinion that an algorithm that doesn't actually care what you think. It just wants you to pay attention to yeah. its platform, yeah. puts you into that corner. Right. Um, Daniel Schmachtenberger, he's like another really sharp guy that people should listen to. Um, and he does a lot of talking about sense making, but he, 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 he said this. And to me, this is like awesome advice. It's like, if you read an article, let's say you read an article about a topic, let's say about, um, racism in America, or like that's, you know, a super uh, sensitive topic right now. If you read one article that says, this is what's happening with race in America, and you find it very compelling and you and you're like that sounds right i believe that he says go to the opposite side like find the find an op like somebody who's on the other side of that issue mm -hmm. and read an equally credible article on the other side of that issue and and read it seriously and once you've read both of them see if you understand the issue well enough to decipher which of those opinions is actually feels right like do you feel like you actually know enough at the end of reading two intelligently, um, you know, thoughtful debates about that? Um, if you feel like you can actually make a super clear opinion, then you actually know something about that subject. But most of the time, what you'll find is that both have interesting, valid points. There's more nuance than you thought. And perhaps your super, you know, your strongly held opinion should maybe relax a bit. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should realize that there's a much more complex thing there than you thought and that it's fine to feel a certain way or want to you know participate in the change or continue researching but that you sh probably shouldn't turn to the internet and yell about one Whatever thing or the other thing is yeah yeah i think my biggest issue is that it, it reduces our capability to have an original thought to actually have something that says hey listen i went out and i thought about something i meditated on it, I debated it, I saw equal points or whatever it is. And as a result of that, I've amalgamated this information and these thoughts and how I personally feel about it and how that aligns with my values. And as a result of that, 
here is a take on the situation. Yeah. Not a side, here is a take, here's a perspective, here's a lens mm -hmm. of how I've processed this information. Is this useful to the world, yes or no? Mm -hmm. Cool, And but we just simply don't even have the capability to do that. And I see people all the time. We all do have the capability. Well, we have the capability. We don't, we don't choose to, we don't choose to activate that. that capability. We all have the capability. Um, but we don't choose to take that path. And so I, I see people all the time, whether it's on social or whatever it is, and I'm like, you know, that person is living in an echo chamber. 100%. And it's there's nothing against that person, but that person isn't capable of formulating their own opinions right now mm -hmm. it's like it's like dudes with with sports you know they listen to Stephen a smith and they're yeah. like they take the opinion and they regurgitate it out of the bar and they're like oh yeah man like jimmy had a great a great point and then you go on your phone and like oh Stephen a smith just said the same thing yeah. you know it's like you're not serving any purpose you're gaining validation yeah but you're not serving any pur purpose and you're not pushing anything forward yeah and in general that's how culture works like to some degree, we need that because we we can't form deep opinions about everything. But you're right. Like, I think there's a difference. There's a balance there, though, right? Because if you spend no time internalizing, like for instance, when the when the Black Lives Matter protest kicked up, when George Floyd was was murdered, um, and that was a horrible thing, like that happened. It was brutal and but there but there was like all of this like a lot of people's response in in the day or two after that a lot of what people were like at first i was just my first thought was just my god like i felt the same way defund the police like this is bullshit very strong emotions, you know yeah. i i donated to a bunch of things down in the states like i felt really you know it First of all, I grew up on black music before before rap. I was listening to funk. Like, I, for, there's a weird part of me. I'm like, I don't know where it came from. I'm like a white kid in Vancouver, <laughs> but for whatever reason, I feel very connected to the social issues of Black America. Like, mm -hmm. I feel very connected to those, and I and I feel them in my bones a lot. You know, but what I found in in Black Lives Matter is it was like as as people were starting to spew onto the internet. Spew, good a word. lot of the response and a lot of the opinions and a lot of the things that people said needed to happen or like the popular opinion of what was the right response or right thing to do felt it just felt wrong it just felt like how is that gonna solve anything and how is that you know it just started to feel uncomfortable for me you know and I think in that in those moments you have a choice like you can either ignore the discomfort and just go with the status quo because that's what seems right and not have any original thought or you can choose to like invest further in that discomfort to look closely at that discomfort and go what is this discomfort like am I just uncomfortable with my own beliefs is there like or is you know, do I need to do more research? And so my response was to, I actually doubled my meditation for two weeks. I, I meditated for half an hour in the, in the night and the evening. And like, and I also spent probably 10 or 15 hours a week researching all sorts of different viewpoints on the subjects, listening to like the popular voices and the less popular voices and looking at the research behind what those people were saying and saying like, I really want to understand this deeply for myself so that I can form my own opinion about this. Like, 
and I'm still not spewing on the internet because yeah. <laughs> I don't really think that matters. It doesn't really do anything. But I think you can have, but I think in the conversations I can have privately with people and just in my own soul, like know where I stand on these things and like feel like I can make sense of things. The situation. Yeah. yeah because that is also peace. Like there is a great, there's a great lack of peace on the internet right now <laughs> because nobody is grounded in what, what, you know, like there's just no grounding in a lot of that. It feels, and, it, and it's very conflicting and it's very, it just, yeah, it just feels, um, yeah, it's really challenging. And it's a challenging time. Like, so to say that everyone should feel peaceful about what's going on in the States, not, no, probably yeah, not. That's yeah. that's probably not the time for that yet. Yeah. But you can also find at least uh, some clarity in, in what's going on. I just want more people, I guess what I see what's going on, I think a lot of, the sentiment and a lot of what's being said is going to cause a worse reaction than we are all like, than we've already got. Like, I don't think anybody's thinking about second, third order consequence of their actions. And if you're not doing that, you're not being strategic at all. And if you're not being strategic at all, then you're, you're literally working against what you're trying to change. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's a weird time. It's a weird time for that. And, 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 and it, and I'm also really worried about the, the the fact that a lot of people can't debate these things openly. That's a huge that's a huge issue. So then, let, my question then becomes: so from a brain standpoint, from a psychological standpoint, uh, extreme to the right, very interesting. Extreme to the left, very interesting. I want to um, I want to post Black Lives Black Lives Matter, or I want to be anti. And mm-hmm. I want to be, you know, pro NRA or Democratic or left wing or whatever. Just mm-hmm. listen, I'm on the left, I'm on the right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with Trump or I'm not. Mm-hmm. And and those two spots are invigorating because I'm part of a tribe, right? Okay, yeah, yes, yeah, my guy right here, we think the same way and, and us versus them and fuck those guys, right? So sure, sure, sure. That's social has made that cycle more reinforcing, mm-hmm. right? Our opinions are more being more cemented. It literally brings people closer, closer to us that have the same opinion as us. Um, and it does that through technology. Okay, cool. My question is then, is how do we make the middle, the conversation, the exchange, yeah, just as rewarding from a psychological standpoint as the extremes? Because until we do that, I, it's going to take higher level people with higher level stratum thinking and that go second, third yeah. consequence thinking. To that, well, they're all, they're the only ones that are going to be in the middle. Yeah, everyone else is going to be. Yeah, no, we need to upgrade consciousness across the board. Like people get into th- those. Like you use the word tribal, and we were talking about that the other day. Like that that's a huge issue, and 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 a big part of my issue with the response to like in the protests and things and around the language that's been used around race in the States, it's very tribal in its own way. And it's returning to a place where identity is more important than ever before at a time when, which I just wish people recognize that that is the opposite of what we need to move towards. And like, and I and I understand like it's basically the natural consequence of somebody feeling like they weren't seen or they weren't respected is to reinforce their ego and their identity 
and declare their identity as super important, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I get like, again, these things are super complex and they go 15 layers deep. So there's yeah. like, there's no judgment and there's no blame and there's no right or wrong. And I don't know what's right or wrong. I just, you know, think about it. But um, as we move towards, like we, we need to be really careful about moving towards all this identity stuff because we need to actually raise our consciousness up and realize how little identity matters, matters. Right. Like, and at the end of the day, we just like, we need to find more kindness and compassion for one another. And, um, yeah, I guess if like, if, if we're not moving in that direction, we're moving in the wrong direction probably. Yeah. Um, what was your question though? I don't know. Oh, uh, great shit. <laughs> but, um, the question was more, the right and the left, the polar. Oh, yeah, how do we kind of like? How do we make it interesting or how, something well, like no, that? How do we f- reframe conversation, reframe debate in a way that is a psychologically rewarding? Yeah, like I think first off, we have to. Th- people are really attracted to the outer edges and to the tribalism, like to, to feeling tribal because they're we're, we're so disconnected in our day to day lives with ourselves, with our own emotions. Um. And with others and in our jobs and with our families, like um, basically religion has basically been washed away mostly in our society. Not, not entirely. There's definitely religious communities out there, but like religion filled a huge role and I don't think it was doing it right necessarily. Like I think most of the major religions ended up being highly political and not very useful, but they did serve a role of making us feel connected to one another and feeling connected to something. And right now, I think people just feel like they're not really connected to anything. So it's very attractive to want to jump on a bandwagon and feel like you're all yelling about the same thing, right? Or angry about the same thing. I think the other thing is that people feel really disempowered in their own lives. And so feeling a sense of of empowerment by being angry at an other is like a really attractive thing. So I don't think it's so much a matter of making the middle feel more like you know interesting or like we're drawn to it like how do we get dopamine out of the middle ground right that's what i'm thinking yeah right (laughs) like yeah but but i think it's more about um like people getting more getting healthier getting balanced getting getting whole because when you're whole it's you 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 would never want to be on the outer edges you you want to be in the middle you you realize that there's complexity you realize that everyone deserves their truth you realize that just respecting others is kind of a primary thing and you don't need to attack others to feel good so i guess like to me it's probably a deeper rooted issues that are evolving um and a big like I don't think it's the the sole problem, but I think the social media thing is and and the way the internet is working like is a major factor in it. But I think there's societal factors as well. Like as in Western civilization, like as we've gained more wealth, we've gained more space, and and our yards get bigger, and our fences get higher, and our uh, the atomic family thing has become more more developed, so that we have less connection. Again, we just we have less reliance on one another as a community and therefore less connection and so there's like lots of different things at play here and now but unfortunately that's all spun up into these um some of these movements where they're basically pitting one another like they're fighting one another as opposed to looking at the broader picture here about what needs to shift in our society and things like that and Mm -hmm. looking at broader things that would 
really move these things forward and really change the conversation, I guess. And those are a couple of different issues all kind of blended together, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure, for sure. Um, the question then becomes is you're going to have a group of people that will think this way, that, mm-hmm. will, that will take the discussion route on an earth level, on a world level. I don't think we're going to affect real change until we make the best route the best route that we can conceptualize, the best route that we can agree on, the best route that we can discuss, and maybe that route changes. We're not gonna get to that route unless it's the route of least resistance. On a mass population scale, how do we make simple things like a foundation for our living, a meditation practice, uh, engaging in active discussion, putting our phones down, coming somewhere from another place and sitting and talking and having real exchanges as we we did this morning, people inviting other people into their homes to actually communicate and build community, et cetera, et cetera. How do we build, make having that level of foundation in our lives the easiest way to go? Because right now it's not. Well, yeah, again, it's like, it's funny. I think it is the easiest way to go. It just doesn't feel that way. (laughs) <laughs> how do you make it feel that way man? i don't know man i, I don't know i I've, it's taken me a long time to start to learn it yeah uh i don't know i don't know maybe it's like i don't know if i have a good answer to that question yeah. to be honest I, yeah. I but i do think like for all the insanity going on on sort of the surface level of the social media and the internet like the kind of mainstream conversation there's a lot of really interesting dialogue and 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 good shit happening right now Mm. like consciousness is rising Mm. and and it always is and um like if you look at and in spiral spiral dynamics the, the basic idea is like we shift up these levels of consciousness and you basically just need to hit a tipping point you need to hit that like 10% 10% of the society that hits that next level of consciousness. And then the, and then the next 15, 20% comes pretty fast. Right. And, um, and so for all of this stuff, like all of the reactionary kind of bullshit part of the internet, there's also really thoughtful dialogue going on. There's lots of people really deeply trying to connect and connect back to nature and meditation is getting bigger and like your whole community and everything that you stand for and try and talk about and, like, you know, all, all of those kind of things that are going on, like stuff that Josh is doing, same, like lots of people are, like even what Suman's just put out, her her mm. her product, what's mm. it called? Exo and Hustle. Exo and Hustle, yeah. yeah. Like, these are, like these are examples of people trying to make um, services, offerings, connections, community that are making things better. Right. And like I get really encouraged because what's super interesting is that if you go on the internet, you think there's only one thing that's, okay and right to say and that that's that's what everybody thinks but as soon as you go have private conversations with thoughtful people of all age groups everyone gets that like this cancel culture shit is not, can't fly for too yeah, much longer yeah, yeah, yeah. like so, and, and so like i was like man do like do 20 year olds like just think that this is how to function but it's like most people know that's not true yeah right like and and I think like 
everyone is starting to see that CNN and mainstream media is full of shit and that it's not really serving us real information. So th- these tides are shifting. They just shift slower than we'd probably like. Would want. Right? I want it now, God damn it. Yeah, but like <laughs> you gotta, I think one thing I always try and remember is whenever things are crazy in my life personally or brought more broadly, if you just zoom out and you go, okay, well, how does this fit into a hundred year cycle? Yeah or a thousand year cycle because we've been around for hundreds of thousands of years and this is just a blip, right? So whatever's supposed to be happening here is happening. And like, as much as I wish there was a better dialogue in the mainstream about race in America, like a more intelligent conversation about that, that's fine. What's what the conversation that's happening is supposed to be happening. It is what it is. And my only my role is to contribute to it in a way that is respectful of others, is to be thoughtful, is to be listening, is to, you know, for all of us, it's like just to be moving things forward without dominating, like, and without with doing that in a respectful way, you know? Yeah, man. I totally hear you. I totally hear you. So we got to wrap up here relatively quick. Yeah. Um, because I made a promise and I've broken it already. Um, but uh, how are we doing? Yeah, we're doing all right. We're all right. We're doing okay. Better than I thought. <laughs> One of the things I was pondering on my very short ferry ride over was if Steve Rio had a pod, no, sorry, not a podcast, a social network. Yeah. What would that social network look like? How would it function? Huh. What are some of the key characteristics or, or key things that you would try to actually code in Steve Rio's social network? Well, like one thing I really wish existed is that anytime somebody posted an article about something that, and this would be not hard to do, like with Facebook's AI power or Google's AI power, is like every time somebody posts an article for AI to immediately assess where the publication stands on the spectrum of, of extremism in any direction, what are what are relatively comparative articles across the spectrum that I can look at and it's like an immediate assessment of data data verification like I just like if Facebook wanted to it could be the most powerful purveyor of data and research and information and news of anything on the planet mm-hmm. but instead its goal it makes 98% of its revenue off of advertising which means its only job is to keep us on its platform as long as possible. Yeah. Which means if that article is full of shit, but it makes us angry, great. then that's a great article for Facebook. Yeah. So that's one thing I would love to see is like for it to be um, that. I also would love to figure out, like I was actually thinking about this for my own Instagram, is like shaving it down to the Dunbar, um, basically the Dunbar number, which is like about 150 people. It's basically the research that shows we can really have a meaningful, a reasonably meaningful relationship with only about 150 people ever max. Mm. And like that there's really five, you know, five or so people in the, in the highest level of relationship that we need Then about 15 or 20, then it kind of scales from there. But like people have tried to spin up social networks that did that where it's like, who is your real pod? And, and with that pod, could you like of 150 people? And with that, with that group, could you share, more meaningful stuff. Like in my mind, uh, something I thought about a while ago and never did anything about was like 
a simple social media network. And I don't know if I still believe this, but I'm just going to pull out the memory of it. And then I'll, then I'll, then I'll <laughs> blow say, the cobwebs off. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 But was this idea that like, I would love a social network that basically I got one minute, like we shared one minute video updates with one another on a semi, like a regular basis, maybe every two weeks or maybe even just monthly. And where we said, this is what's, and it was like, maybe you're prompted with some questions. Like, this is how I'm feeling right now. This is what I'm working on right now. This is what's important to me right now. This is what I'm struggling with right now. This is like, I'm a four out of 10 right now. And like, I actually got a real update and could keep track of where the different people in my life were um, or what people needed right now. And like, it was a more authentic expression of A, what's going on for you, but also how can I help you? Like mm. I, I I really wish, like, it's so interesting. Like, I have a friend who's going through a tough time. They just, um, you know, something's going on personal in their lives. And um, I really wish they felt more inclined to call us and ask us to help, like, and figure out how to connect us more deeply. So I think in general, I just want social media to actually do its job, <laughs> which is to actually create meaningful connection instead right. of a, a purely synthetic bullshit connection for the most part. And that, And not to say that, Social media does do a little bit of that, but it's almost like in spite of itself, we we get a little bit of that. Out of <laughs> right, right, like right. We squeeze a little bit out of that yeah. out of social media, but generally it's not designed for that and that's not the job, right? So then how do you, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a little subplot. It's a yeah. little like this happened on, uh, by accident. Yeah. Like yeah. again, people kind of listen to me talk and they think, man, social media is not that bad. And it's like, well, yeah, no, you're right. Like we get some value out of it. It just isn't designed for the value that we're getting out of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> so then it leads me to ask, how do you engage? Like you're the fantasy social network doesn't exist or we're not on it or uh -huh. whatever. We have the tools that we have. Yeah. How do you engage on it? You have a podcast, you have a brand, you have multiple companies. How do you engage with this stuff? I, I try to like, first of all, whenever I see something going on for a friend, like if they post something that I'm like, either they overtly say what's going on for them and something just happened in their life, or maybe you just read between the lines. You're like, oh, that just doesn't sound right. I try and pick up the phone right away mm -hmm. and just call the person and be like, how's it going? Or if something great just happened, call them and be like, congrats, man. Like, super proud of you for that happening. And like making a real moment of connection with people, so. you know? Like that, that to, like at the root of it, that to me is so big. Like I hate texting. The amount of times that people are texting back and forth and suddenly I'm calling them and people are surprised that by that these days. Like I call you all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like at first you're like, what? Yeah. But like if we're texting back and forth, if it's more than two or three texts, like, and we're talking about anything worth talking about, like, I'm gonna call you. Let's just, let's just talk on the phone. Yeah. I want to hear your voice. Yeah. And like, we get so much more nuance and more detail and more, more depth out of that five minutes on the phone than we could have for the next day of text. So totally. I try and like sidestep the texting and all this stuff. I just, I'm not good at it. I don't spend a lot of time on it. Um, and I try to like use social media as, as a, um, as a tool to get it with people, not as a way, like it's not the end station of, of social engagement. It's like, it's just a tool to actually get, in a room or yeah, get somewhere or real with people, right? I try to I try to mitigate or sorry migrate all of uh all my all my DMs yeah to a text. Yeah. And all my texts to a call. Yeah. Yeah. And you're kind of just like upgrading your comms <laughs> all the time. That's dope. That's a nice way to put it. And and all my and all my calls to sit downs. Yeah, exactly. Like keep moving it up the chain of value and if terms it's of worth communications. It. Yeah. And if it's not, 
cool drop yeah. it yeah. that's totally fine that's totally because totally, you have limited time time is limited cool 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 but like try to like move it up 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 because the level of uh distraction the quality of my attention mm-hmm. gets increased at each level yeah. and in turn the quality of connection and in turn the quality of my life yeah um so that's super super important in conclusion um <laughs> as it as we round as we round as the clock keeps going around here We've talked a ton about habits. We've talked a ton about our current environment, uh-huh. about what's going on in the world and how we're interacting with it. We, you know, I mentioned the games changed a little bit. You mentioned your practices and the foundations. And I think that we actually never really gave clarity on what the heck nature of work is mm-hmm. and, or, and what this new foundations program is. And I wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of actually lay that out and say, hey, this is actually an offering and this is, kind of what we're doing because i've gone through it i'm now on my third time which you've upgraded to a beautiful book this time congratulations thanks man can i just say shout out to the entire team yourself yes everyone involved um for making an actual piece of art because that matters Mm -hmm. and now coming to your home i understand why that matters to you (laughs) well and and you see the creative director that is my wife that's behind everything amazing pretty that i put out so amazing amazing um but what's what is the offering and and why is it actually important and why is it why do you consider it a necessity yeah so what it is is a truly it's like it's a lifestyle program it's about it's called nature of work and it's focused largely around our work habits but that's a huge portion of our time we spend but it's also about our lifestyle and about how we interact with ourselves and with our with our families and and with our friends and like what are we doing with our again all comes back to time and attention and the third thing i'd put into that is it's a time energy and attention program about ma- about really optimizing those so that you can um get more done and your work quality can go up but also that you're not spending as many hours working so you're mm-hmm. spending more time and you're earning that time back for other things that are important to you um and the program is basically it's it's what I realized is that um, I got really interested in this uh, for my own well-being, and I started thinking about how was I going to build some better habits for myself. And I read some really interesting books, and there's so much information out there. But what I what I felt like was missing is a system that you can just follow, right? Yeah. Like step by step, day after day. It's a habit change program. The field guide comes with daily habit tracking, journaling, reflection, exercises, like. This is something you you implement into your life. And for this program is really for anyone, I think, who is serious about the quality of their work, the quality of their life, what they're trying to achieve. Um, anybody who makes goals better spend equal amount of time or more amount of time building a system to achieve those goals. And if you're and if you're not doing that, then your goals are mostly just fantasy, right? Because it's really hard to get there. So it's mm. a big part of that. I think for other people, it's actually just a program to feel better, like mm-hmm. to lower stress, to re- like reduce anxiety, to sleep better, basically to get yourself into a more naturally balanced state of mind and body. Um, and that's what it's all about. It's it's basically a passion project for me over the last multiple years, researching and finding out that there's all this good research that tells us how to organize our, our, our work, our time, how to think about these things that we just kind of ignore. Yeah. And, um, and basically 
I took three years of research and started compiling it into this program. And it was like implementing it in my own life, then people around me. Then we did the alpha trial, which you participated in, where we put like 65 people through it. That was really successful. And now we're, yeah, rolling this out. So to me, this is for anybody who's, I think, serious about the quality of, again, their work and the quality of their life. Mm -hmm. And if you are, then this is like, a, it's actually not a ton of time. It's about an hour a week, but but it, it it can make a tremendous difference in the quality of both of those things. Absolutely, man. I think it's seven weeks to lay out a foundation that even if you pick up 30% of it is incredibly beneficial. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I and I we talk about it as a uh, personal operating system. Yeah. So it's basically a, like it's a whole bunch of ideas around ways to go about your day, ways to organize your time, ways to introduce this meditation. So there's a bunch of meditations in there. There's yoga videos. There's all sorts of stuff. But those are all part of the system that we're teaching you that you can then adopt. And we don't. Yeah, to your point, like I sort of think about that as it, there's so much stuff there, and if people pick up a third of it, it's going to make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. You know, like a lot of people come back to me after they've done the program and say, man, there was that one thing that was just the game changer for me. Yeah. And that's enough. Right. And then you come back a second time a little later and Build. there's a couple other things and you yeah. kind of put it together. From there. It's a, it's a qualifier, man, for me, like it's, I don't, as we, um, as we progress in this human growth experience and we level up our friends and our networks and stuff. And now it's like, I don't want to be involved with people that don't have love and compassion in their heart and have control over their time and attention. And that's now a baseline. So it's yeah. like, I need you to have these habits. It's amazing. In order for me to like move forward and build with you. Yeah. I need to know you're in control and that you're capable of love. Yeah, that's that so cool. You're passionate and you work your ass off in these other things. But it's like those parts specifically are now the baseline. And if everyone's like, well, you know, how do I become more high performance or da 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 and these different things? And it's like, man, the foundation is very, very simple. Yeah. And yeah, nootropics and stuff are cool, but like, you know, it's just these basic practices. Yeah. Please get these down. Right. And yeah. not because you want to do it to, to for me or for someone else, just because, like, listen, in order to be around this family that we're creating, I need you. Yeah. To have a quality of life that is high. Yeah. And then we can share that quality of life together. That's rad. Yeah. What's the one, is there one particular habit that came out of the nature of work program that like, what's the, if you have to just pick one thing, what, what is it? Hard to pick one. Um, uh, grabbing the steering wheel at the start of every day. Yeah. Have to, have to, have to, have to, have to, yeah. have to, have to, fucking have to. <laughs> so morning routine, so, like first first few minutes of your day kind for, of thing? Uh, first hour. Yeah. First hour. So uh, everything is grabbing my attention. I work in finance. There's news. There's client emails. There's fucking everything. Yeah. And I need to grab the wheel and understand where I'm at, have a point of reference or else. I mean, listen, I get paid off the quality of my decisions, mm -hmm. period. Period, period, period. I need to be in a position to make great decisions. And so that has been the greatest, the lowest hanging fruit, the greatest effect with the least energy. Yeah. Um, and, and changing how I go throughout my day and actually increasing the quality of my decisions in business and as well as my personal decisions. Right. Without that, I'm just like, I'm a, I'm a monkey or whatever. I'm a rat drinking the, the sugar <laughs> juice. I'm just automatically on that sugar juice and yeah, I'm going. No, we all are, right? Like, yeah. it's so funny. The days that I don't do my morning routine, it's like a whole different day. I don't even want to have a part in that day. 
And it's and it's so interesting what you just said. And I know we're supposed to be wrapping up, <laughs> but like uh, you get you get paid for the quality of your decisions. And I think you could look at almost any job in the modern knowledge economy and like this kind of modern world, like whose job isn't that, right? Like yep. that's what we get paid for to think deeply, to be able to make good decisions, you know, like to, and, and to basically be able to show up in that way at the right moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's super cool. Dope, man. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for taking the time and effort and energy to create such a thing, seeing a, seeing a, a hole in the market and filling it. Because, yeah, thanks, man. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of shit out there, and there's not one thing that I've found that it's just like, hey, man, here's the basics, and here's an actual way to do it. Mm-hmm. Here's all the research, by the way, as well. Like, there's I see all the citations and stuff. Yeah. I listen, I pay attention, I read them. Yeah, and and it's it it calms when i first got introduced it calms the anxiety of shit is there something out there that i don't know and it was just like hey this is a way of living fuck the program this is a way of living where i can look at this and go it's enough Hmm. nice man this is enough nice so thank you for that yeah thank you man and thank you for inviting us to our beautiful yeah, home this has been fun i thank, appreciate it thank you josh for filming and and the mics and the food and the sauna and the ocean and the yeah, dogs it's been and a good that. one it's good been day. great my man thank you appreciate it bro yeah thank you what's up people not a bad episode right i was pretty excited about that one myself listen if you're interested in finding out more about the foundations program which i've enrolled in again for a third time because i can't seem to get this thing unlocked i can't seem to like rewire my habits and get that foundation so rock solid every time i do it i pick up another like 40 percent of the habits and and baseline functions that i need to be highly highly successful um so i'm doing it again and if you guys are interested in, in like doing it with me or um just kind of going back and forth i'm trying to i'm trying to cultivate a community a little bit um steve is helping me do that uh, so if you actually want to go to natureofwork.com and at checkout on that foundations program if you use the code joss10 that's j-o-s-s 10 uh, you'll get 10 percent off that that nature of work program why am i reading an ad i've never read an ad i'm actually not reading an ad it's off the top but why why are we allowing someone to advertise on the podcast uh for this little section right here well to be honest with you we've had a lot of people come to us and i just haven't felt confident about products or services that people have offered us and offered us money to advertise on uh with rather so Steve has been a mentor to me and has been a previous podcast uh, guest and is someone who's created an incredible program that, and I hate to say this, but has changed my life and how I have thought. Um, I now realize that anyone who doesn't have their time, attention, creativity, and resiliency locked in is running backwards. They're just not going to achieve the way other people can achieve because they're distracted constantly. They don't have any quality work. Um, and so that's why I'm offering this, uh, this offering to you guys here. So if you guys use Joss 10 at the end, you can then go into the foundations program and start going through the modules. It's community-based, seven weeks long, and it's all about understanding how to win your day, uh, take control of your technology habits, get back creativity, find a way to focus, understand your sleep, and it builds on it week by week by week by week by week for any high performer, any high performer, it doesn't have these things down, you're not a high performer. For someone who wants to be a high performer, this is the first step. So I highly encourage everyone to go out there and get it again, Joss10 at checkout. 
Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, Steve, for popping or allowing us to pop by and uh, have that incredible conversation. Go check out Nature of Work. Uh, as always, you can get at me on Instagram at Joss Biggins. You can get it at Think Space Podcast. And if this is something that you're actually serious about, high performance, human optimization, figuring out how to get more from life, DM me, DM Think Space. Let's have a conversation about it. Um, I want to thank everyone that has been messaging us and messaging us and messaging us. Uh, it's been a little bit of a lull for us. And for some reason, we just keep getting all these messages saying, you know, whether it's this episode was incredibly, incredibly insightful. Hey, what were you saying here? Hey, um, I took next steps on this one here. And it's just, it's so uh, fucking gratifying as a host to have that level of interaction with anyone that listens. Uh, it, it literally means the fucking world. Um, so if you guys ever have a chance to Uh, message me. That's incredible. Uh, If you guys want to rate and review uh, the podcast on wherever you listen it to, uh, that that helps us tremendously. It shoots us up in the charts. It helps other people find us. It's just like these little things. Uh, If there's someone else that you think we jive with or would really get something from the podcast, let them know, recommend an episode, tell them why you're recommending it. It's all about community in these times. We can't be high performers. We can't be happy people if we don't have a community and we don't have a tribe. And that's a lot of what this is about. Uh, collective original thought, uh, bouncing these things off. Think tank, think pod, think space, right? These things are all interconnected. So anyways, I appreciate you guys from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for checking out this episode. And I can't wait for you guys to see what we got coming up. I'm really freaking excited. Have a great one, guys.